It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Feckin' Check-In, Feckin' Check-In Show. It's the Feckin' Check-In Show. Welcome to the Feckin' Check-In Show. Show. You nailed it. Do you want to do it again? <laughs> do you? No. It's fine. It's not. <laughs> do you? No. All right. All right. Um, okay. Uh, is this, Is this? have we started? Is this it? I think so. I don't know. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. Thank, months. Thank you very much. Yeah, completely rusty. I don't know how we start this. This is the second check-in of show about funny observations, entertainment, culture, and kernels of truth. And without further ado, Mr. Trainer, actually, could we start with the entertainment topic? We can start with the entertainment, yeah. Um, I think this is our first one since September 2022, by the way, uh, which is a long time. That is a long time. Is it? I can't work out how many months that is, but it's several months. Four and a bit or five, uh, I reckon. Um Entertainment, sure, yeah, let's get into it, if you want, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> what can be um, more entertaining than entertainment itself? So, uh, f- several months ago, back in early 2022, do you know what I was actually, I was listening to uh, an old feckin' check-in the other night, or it was an open us, I think, for the laugh, and I realised that I was speaking like a weirdo on it. <laughs> like, really? very kind of intense... Um, <laughs> vocal style or, or or speaking style and like I was trying to be a, a radio presenter or something like that and uh, I noticed over the years that our style kind of reduced into much more casual type of conversation which is much better I think but yeah I was listening back to myself going what are you trying to be what are you doing um drinking from a liter of cranberry juice there I am, yes. <laughs> Nobody else in the house drinks uh, cranberry juice. Um, it's a rare treat to have cranberry juice in the house. Um, Ocean spray. I won't bore you with the reason for why that no. was in the house, but it's here and I'm, I'm drinking from it and it's nice. Ocean spray, cranberry no, juice. No uh, supermarket so brands. We do that a few times. In the, in the Toomey household, no? <clears throat> no. Uh, uh, well, we do. We have uh, Super Value brand, cl- brand Flakes. All right, okay. Which are as disappointing as they sound. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Terrible. All right. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, the, uh, but by the way, entertaining. And we were we were up on stage entertaining. Uh, I don't even know. Time is so strange at the moment. Was it before Christmas? <laughs> when was that? <laughs> I think it was. I'm going to say June, but it wasn't. It was some other time. Other than that, um, it was he. So Stephen Bonner was releasing a new song last year. We committed to doing some kind of rap thing uh, by June. That's what I'm thinking of, and we didn't actually really do it, but. In the end, we ended up doing a gig, so uh, that's probably better than than what we ever kind of thought we were going to come to. Oh, October, it seems to be. All uh, right, okay. That sounds about right. Seems about right in the time vortex. Uh, some period of time. Uh, yes. And our plan was, after that gig, we were on such a high after that uh, gig, which came out of nowhere. Stephen Bonner, who goes by the stage name of Deep Reasoning, invited us pretty last minute. And we decided, fuck it, we'll go and perform a few songs. And uh, yeah, we were on a high after it because um, I don't know what I don't know where I'm going with this narrative. I'm jumping to the end. I'm going back to the start when we were invited. <laughs> but we basically performed a gig, and I just want to yeah. note one thing about the gig before we analyze it and break it down, mm. uh, which is that uh, we invited a lot of our friends to it. And none of them could mm. make it, or none of them wanted to go, and no. or in between those two, and um, that was very interesting for us. I think it was the first gig we did without any of our friends or partner. No, your partner Elaine was there. Elaine sorry. was there, but that was it. That was that was, that was the it. only person we brought to the show. Yes, uh, and deep reasoning brought a whole load of people to the show, um, including support acts and all that. And uh, we were up there like. Wild shites with nobody, nobody in the audience. Yes, so that was a bit of a downer before the gig. And I remember we were having a vodka and red for old time's sake, trying to psych ourselves up. Like, how are we going to do this without our support here? Um, but in the end, it made it much better because we won over the crowd. So it wasn't just Deep Reasoning's friends. It was stragglers from the street. There was tourists in from America. 
And yeah, we won them over. And that process of winning them over was the most entertaining. Having them chanting our songs midway through the gig. For, and that was the first time they'd heard those songs. That was very Absolutely. enjoyable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so there was like um, tourists in, as you said. This was uh, downstairs in the International where anyone can walk in off the street. Um, we had like Stephen had somebody doing the door, taking a fiver from people. But realistically, anyone could walk in off the street. And uh, the majority of the people who were watching us and enjoying our songs were complete strangers, which is always interesting. It, it kind of feels like you're doing stand-up comedy. Like uh, you people who've never seen you before... Uh, you have no idea what you're about and you have to try and win them over. And uh, that was, yeah. I remember specifically, we, we started with like a medley of three songs and um, there were people there who were clearly going, what the fuck is this? Like, what are we watching? And what did we pay to go in to see? And then like by the second part of that three song medley, and it wasn't really a medley, it was just three kind of full songs. Um, but we just had the beats flowing into one another. Uh, there was this couple from Boston and they were really getting into it and the, the female of the couple started filming it on her phone and your man seemed to be really into it as well I ended up speaking to them after the gig but um yeah they they had a whale of a time yeah i think that was that was very satisfying because um we deliberately like it was a slow burner of a set list so we decided to go in with those three kind of hip-hop songs as as we call them which we can't really explain that reference now they were hip-hop <laughs> and uh so we wanted to prove ourselves to the crowd, which we did. And then as it went on, we got more silly and, and stupid. We brought out the Two-Faced Fake Snakes. We had yeah. um, Drink Ballad. And uh, we uh, Dennis Blair. Uh, if you're doing it, just stop it. That got an extended thing. Uh, the whole <laughs> airing. gig was airing. Was, yeah, the whole uh, people there, the whole crowd, sorry, were chanting that. You were going, doing it, stop it, doing it, stop it. <laughs> And then another stage, you were in the crowd, which is becoming your trademark to get heat. <laughs> I was, I was going for the cheap heat. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Gone. And uh, we got an ovation, yeah. and we got lots of praise, and we got drinks brought for us. So this isn't about just boasting about the gig, is it? There's a point <laughs> I think to it this. Is, yeah. <laughs> I think um, the point is yeah. how enjoyable it was out of nowhere, and it's like something you don't think of. Like in between gigs, we take long hiatus. I in between gigs, hiatus is, is, is. <clears throat> and like even now, we don't know what the next one is, but it, you can just do a gig out of nowhere and really enjoy yourself. And there was no pressure on it, and yeah, that's what I took from it. It was just really, yeah. Enjoyable. So, that couple after the couple from Boston, afterwards, I went, well, we went off the stage, and your man was like, I gotta buy you guys a beer. And I was like, all right, thanks. And he bought us about a pint of Guinness. And he was explaining he was over with his fiance from Boston for uh, a week or something like that. And uh, he, uh, he, and it turned out he was actually a big Iron Maiden fan. So I ended up talking to him about that. But yeah, they were just like, uh, I think they were, they were bamboozled with the, like, he's like, I never knew Irish guys rapped. <laughs> and we were like, well, there's not too much of it, but like, yeah. Some do, all right. Um, I was like, oh, we've been doing it for like 20 years. <laughs> and he was just uh, taken aback by it. But also there was um, there were, there were there was this group of females as well. And uh, Elaine was in the toilet, in the women's toilet, as she would be. Um, and one of the girls was like, are they are they your lads? Are they with you? And she's like, yeah, yeah, they are. And she's like, they're great. <laughs> they're my lads. <laughs> they were her lads. <coughs> and one Sorry. of those girls afterwards quoted me one of your lyrics and said it was my lyric uh, but I explained oh, yeah. to her that it was your lyric it was I'll take you by surprise like your first period oh yeah and so Elaine was saying that uh, that uh, your one was saying to her that we had very feminist lyrics <laughs> pro-feminist <laughs> especially that line she quoted that line to Elaine as well in the toilet she was like oh, I just thought it was so feminist like it was just really really progressive lyrics I thought they were great <laughs> these artists take yeah. you by surprise like your first period of geography or maybe accounting it's a Dublin yes. term to, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me don't know what that laugh's about but anyway I thought the song of the week could fit in nicely here if we're going to wrap up this segment at this stage on the entertainment and we could play one of the songs we played at the gig 
which was Travelling Through Rhyme, which is one of our more serious songs, but one of our more enjoyable songs. And funnily enough, at the gig, we prefaced this by saying there are 45 seconds of, of travelling noises and train noises. And we just uh, played them um, at the start. So here we go. Travelling Through Rhyme, written in 2005. Feel the summer breeze, 17 degrees And I can, I can see it in the air on my chair I stare out the window, life is so simple when you're moving To a new destination, the past is the station The present is the waiting for the dark to start again After it stops, 65 more people hop on the train of thought To the future we're going, not knowing what it holds Commuters looking serious, composed, holding poles in one hand A briefcase as these faces look stressed, almost depressed And we're moving past Dublin Bay. It's blue and beautiful, but people look the other way To their worries, everybody in a hurry To get to work, I'm a deep contemplation As we proceed with no need for conversation Discmans and phones provide the entertainment People waiting at the door before the dart stops I can't work it out, this life is start stop Where are we heading? Where do we go? Life keeps moving, go with the flow Where are we heading? Where do we go? Life keeps moving, go with the flow Where are we heading? Where do we go? Life keeps moving, go with the flow Where are we heading? Where do we go? Life keeps moving, go with the flow In Dublin, bus we trust to bring us places Sit face to face with all the nameless faces And patiently await our destinations Donnybrook Station overheard conversations It's amazing what I'm facing, all these perfect strangers Are they serial killers or are they just park rangers? And what do they carry inside their briefcases? They're innocent or proven guilty, my mind races Do they know where they're going or are they just hoping That the path they've chosen will someday open The doors to something bigger, something better, something they can write in a letter to a friend and say Hey I'm proud of myself and of my achievements And where I am today is a result of my believing in myself I decided that I wouldn't betray my dreams one day on the 46A Where are we heading? Where do we go? Life keeps moving, go with the flow Where are we heading? Where do we go? Life keeps moving, go with the flow Where are we heading? Where do we go? Life keeps moving, go with the flow where are we heading? Where do we go? Life keeps moving, go with the flow. and we don't know what we're doing um so but uh let's go to funny observations so um funny uh, observations uh here's a funny observation <laughs> oh, uh, jesus i really feel really rusty what do you do now. i don't a know funny observation something you've observed observed it that is funny so i was in eyes. um a pub a pub called the celt with elaine a couple of months ago <laughs> There it is. That's it. Yeah. Done. Uh, pub called the Celt. It's on um, Talbot Street. Have you ever been into the Celt? The Celt? I have not. No. No. And uh, we went in and got a pint and sat down. We we went out the back and uh, we were sitting there and there was a, a man. He was kind of holding court. You know these men in the pub? Like, they can't sit still and they want to talk to everyone in the pub and they want to be your best friend even though you've never met them before. So there's one of those type of blokes in there and... Uh, he had um, a shirt on, but it was buttoned down quite a lot, and he had a very hairy chest and uh-huh. long hair. David has a uh, type of vibe. Two, t- two young lads, kind of half with him, half not, and he started telling us that they were his sons, and we were unsure about whether or not they were his sons. Um, but he came over to us anyway, and he was like, had his like chest out and like loads of hair, and he was like, "I work at horses," <laughs> and we were just like, "All right, okay," and he's like, right. "Just fucking." chesty man and uh we were just like and he wanted to talk to us and he wanted to know what we did for a living and all this type of shit and uh 
we were just like, oh, how the fuck are we going to get out of here? We felt trapped. We were in a little kind of back area of the pub and like it was just, it was him, it was two other people, the two lads who he said were his sons and then us. And we, our pints were nearing the end. So he had a pint of Guinness that had been sitting on his table for ages. And do you know when a pint of Guinness, the head, the thick, creamy head, kind of thins out and it's all like just a few bubbles at the top. He came over, he's like, oh, Jesus, here, you're finished your drink. So he poured half a pint of Guinness from that glass into our, into Elaine's glass and he poured half a pint of Guinness into my glass and we were like oh for fuck's sake oh. we're never going to get to leave and uh, we were just kind of going fucking out gritting our teeth listening to his absolute bollocks and he's like I work with horses I work with horses and we were like yeah that's fantastic I'm delighted to hear that um, and we were just like trapped in the corner uh, didn't know where to go and he was just kind of like he wasn't like unclean man but he was like uh, you know just kind of a bit he's like I don't know, he was Uncount. just a bit kind of... Unca- yeah, yeah, that type of thing. Like, And um, we were just sitting there going, right. Uncouth. And I was kind of whispering. And like anyone who came in, he had to be their best mate. He had to talk to them, get their life story, that type of thing. And uh, and like other people came in, we were like, right, we can escape now because there's other people here to distract them. So we can escape. And we were drinking this fucking flat, horrible old half pint that he'd bequeathed onto us. And then... He had a, a, his own pint in his own hand that he was drinking, and it was about a third of a gun. And when we were finished the bits of the pint that he gave to us, he started pouring alcohol or Guinness from his own pint into our glasses that he'd been drinking from. We were like, you fuck off! So he was oh, like no. slurp, slurping out of a pint. That pint as well had lost its head as well. Like it'd been there so long. And uh, when we finished the fucking half-assed thing that we didn't want to begin with he started pouring out of his own glass you're like oh fuck's sake so something like he'd been like fucking drinking out of with his mouldy mouth and uh so i was just like uh, sitting there going oh for fuck's sake and i didn't even want to drink it but you know you don't want to be rude to the person as well um so we had to kind of sit there and drink his sloppy drink saliva, saliva backwash. <laughs> yeah um and yeah it was it was awful but have you ever been in that situation yourself where you get trapped in a pub by this kind of charismatic person who <laughs> wants to know everything about you? I don't think I've been in that situation, but I think I have been that charismatic man uh, in my younger days. Well, trying to yeah. be charismatic and drunk and telling people my life story. Uh, but no, I've but, never I've never poured my drink into other people's drink. That kind of has almost rapey vibes to it. Yeah, it was... Roofies yeah, it was kind of disgusting, yeah, and didn't really want to have anything to do with him, but he, he kind of gave us no choice. And then, uh, yeah, it, it, you know when it's just hard to get away from someone, like you just you don't know the correct words or sentence you can use that's not going to offend them. And you know and what you it is, once you, once you have uh, gone along with it, the first step, so once you've accepted his first odd behavior, which was pouring mm. a drink into your glasses... Then it's it's weird to say no. That's completely inappropriate. The next time, yeah. Oh no, you're complicit in it then. Like, and you're, you're screwed. You've, you've shafted yourself. But like, you, you like it, it, we. He did it in such a way, like where he had a he had a hold over us. He had he was he had power over us because he'd given us a drink. So you can't. It's very hard to refuse someone giving you a drink. I mean, not that I've ever actually experienced that before, where somebody's literally pouring drink out of their glass into yours. But uh, it was very difficult to kind of refuse that. And then you're like. You're also kind of going. This guy could turn on us now if we say oh, something that he could, that he doesn't like or he doesn't appreciate. Was there an air of threat? That, yeah, a small little mild kind of underlying threat as well. Where like if you said something that pissed him off, he could kind of turn on you. And we were like, Just, how the fuck do we get out of here? Um, so he kind of got distracted with the other people anyway. We horsed back the extra drink out of his glass that he gave us that we didn't want, uh, and we were like, right, we're off. We're going. Out, we're going. And I. I had a backstory planned. I was going to say that we were going to my mum's house. It was her birthday and we're having dinner in my parents' house. This is all lies. But I was preparing it in my head just in case he was asking any questions. Um, so we just got up like when he was kind of distracted. We were like, Wait, we're off now. Lovely to meet you. Okay, thanks. Bye. And then he let us go. Thank fucking God. But yeah, we were kind of prisoners there to his prisoners to his backwash um, and his pints and his personality. And we wanted nothing to do with it. You were his. It's like a spider. You were his flies in his web. That he yeah. got you and on to. Mm, it was very, very unsettling. And we kind of wouldn't, we wouldn't have minded staying there for another couple of drinks, but like we had to go then at that point because it was just, there was no yeah. way like we could stay and God knows what else he yeah. was going to do to us. Yeah. That's a funny observation. <laughs> Is it? 
yeah. I feel like I feel like when I wrote it down two months ago, I would have told it better. No. But I kind of forget <laughs> no, a lot of the no, details. No, you told now. it really well. I just I don't have anything to add. I can't think of anything oh, funny sorry. To, yeah. to add to it. No worries. Just to state um, that it's a funny here, observation. Can I ask you a question? Uh, yeah. Depends have you ever given is. a plumber a cup of tea? A plumber, not specifically. Oh, uh, I've offered a cup of tea to a plumber, but he's he re- have you declined it? Yeah. Do you feel? Do, would you feel comfortable offering tea to a plumber? Uh, or tradesperson? If a tradesperson yeah. was in my house doing doing work, I would feel compelled to offer offer him. Would you? Right. Her cup of I'm, tea. Uh, I'm her. Come on now. What <laughs> <laughs> <Or> day? <laughs> Tradeswoman, uh, I um, I, it's something I feel very uncomfortable with. We came up last night. We were out having a few pints, and uh, I was like, I, I don't know how to offer a plumber a cup of tea. I, ah. I just, it, I feel ill at ease doing it. You feel, and like I know that they're going to say out. no as well. No, not not that I'm selling myself out, but it's like, um, I find it hard to um, get onto that kind of level with somebody who's going to be in to my apartment the just for a few minutes. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. you kind of have to force through it. It's like, it feels so unnatural. It's like, would you like a cup of tea? Yeah, but they, they always say no, of course. Like uh, One day, it was no, a particularly yeah. hot day. There's this plumber who's been coming to my apartment for years called Adam, and he's done loads of work here, in fairness. And uh, it was a particularly hot day, and I asked him, would he like a Coke or a My Waddy? And I went into the kitchen, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> did, he, did he get a Coke or a My Waddy? He said, no, thanks, but thanks, thanks very much for the offer. Um, so oh, he did appreciate it, but it's the, but then he's been here before or since, and I didn't offer him anything to drink. Um, did you feel more comfortable offering the coke of the my wadi than the tea? Is there something about the tea that you find uncomfortable, or is it? The I don't know. It's offering like in general. I don't know. I just I, I kind of just I don't like. I'd know other people who've used this plumber who live in the area, and they'd be mates with the guy, like you know. And I find it hard to strike up matiness with someone who's coming in for an official capacity and is leaving quite shortly. I just kind of leave them to it. Uh, but I was slated last night for not offering plumbers cups of tea. Um, and it kind of, it was, it came about, the conversation came about because I was in Elaine's house uh, a while ago and last weekend, she has a window cleaner who comes regularly, but she was going to be in the shower when he was going to come. And uh, I was like, I wanted the full rundown of exactly, so I had to pay him cash. I had to let him in the back door, open the back gate, uh, etc you know he was going to get set up he was going to come into the kitchen he was going to get washing up liquid to clean the windows but i wanted the full rundown of exactly how this was all going to go and i was like uh and you give him a cup of tea don't you she's like yeah i was like right what how does he take his tea she's like milk one sugar i was like right and i was like and what do you do with the tea how does how does it when when does the tea happen <laughs> because i know she always gives him a cup of tea and she was like well basically when he comes around to do the back windows i always go out i offer him a cup of tea and then he drinks the tea as well. He does want the tea. Um, but I just leave it on the windowsill. I was like, right. So I'm just going to go out and say, would you like a cup of tea? He's going to say yes. And I'm going to leave it on the windowsill. She was like, yeah. I was like, grand. I was like, do you give him a biscuit? She was like, yeah, I do actually. I was like, what do you do? How do you present the biscuit? What format do you give the biscuit to him? Plate? <laughs> and she was like, no, you know that like lunchbox of biscuits that I have in my press? I was like, yes. I was like, I just bring those out. And I put them there on the windowsill with the tea, and he never eats them. <laughs> like, right, okay. <laughs> but they're there anyway, in case. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, so I'm just going to say, would you like a cup of tea? He's going to say, yes. I'm going to bring out the tea, <laughs> milk, one sugar, and then I'm going to bring out the lunchbox of biscuits that he's not going to eat. She was like, yeah. The whole fucking thing was like, I was getting stressed out about it. So she was yes. in the shower for like, I'm getting ready and stuff. I was there lying on the sofa, looking out the front window. Couldn't relax at all. Anytime I heard any a peep out of anything, I was looking up to see if it was the window. <laughs> Startled. Ah, uh, he's coming. I was, I was, I was riddled with anxiety about the whole transaction that was about to take place, and I knew I was going to fuck it up. And I, 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 I guessed that when I offered him the tea, he'd say no. That's what I was thinking. That was like <laughs> kind of my worst fear, because I'm just not the tea offering kind of person, really. Like I just don't. It, yeah. it would come. It would be so unnatural yeah. to, for me to say that sentence to him that he's probably he'd probably yeah. say no, and then the whole, I would have been so fucked. Then I would have been just like thrown, and I wouldn't have known what to do. Anyway, the window cleaner never called, so um, <laughs> he didn't have to. <laughs> didn't have to go through any of that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I was just sitting there. I couldn't relax for like half an hour. I was like, oh, fucking tea. Ugh. Yeah, it's really hard to predict those things, isn't it? That, and that can drive you bananas in your head because there's no certainty over what will happen. I What I do yeah. if someone is in for a short period of time, a tradesman like that, let's say they're in for 10 minutes, 20 minutes job or whatever, something easy. Mm. I offer them the tea or a water, but I don't expect them to 
say yes because they're only going to be there for a little while and I assume that they want to get out of there quite quickly yeah so if that, they're there that, for that's the, what I'd be thinking for, we had a painter who was here for he's supposed to, actually won't say anything but he, he was here for seven seven weeks <laughs> right Jesus and Christ <laughs> so you would just after a while you'd sense at about half ten when he'd been working two or three hours you would maybe say time for a cup of tea or something like that and you'd be more confident you'd expect him to take the cup yeah, of tea and that's it, yeah. He, he, yeah and he's more receptive to the idea um, and the, the other thing you could do is just uh, make the cup of tea and don't ask <laughs> oh, Jesus no or, like, no, tea is so... not, not even tea maybe water there's, a cup, there's water. lots of water for you just in case yeah you I know but tea is so individual like um, there's so many variables that you know people could yeah. want their tea yeah you probably need to do. know the person at that stage mm. I, I think I would build confidence now if I had a painter in for seven weeks and I, it would be fine but it's it's these small transactional things with tradespeople yeah. that I'm just like uh, I, I, would say, I would say keep practicing I know have you ever Next watched Peep Show opportunity. Uh, I'm sure yeah, you have I've seen Peep Show yeah do you know the character Mark Corrigan the main character one of the two main characters yeah. and he has a he has a plumber in and a he starts calling him mate. But you know the way in, in Peep Show you hear the internal dialogue. He's like, there you go, mate. And he's like, mate, that's the word you say to a plumber, mate. I'm just going to keep saying mate. And every sentence he finishes with mate. I kind of get that kind of Mark Corrigan feeling. Uh, it's like I don't, don't know how to interact with them. I don't know. It's, it's, I'm, it's I'm at fault. I know that. Yeah, It's unsettling. It's, uh, then I'm just like, most yeah. of the time I'm working now, you know, because you're working from home. So I'm just kind of like, how long do I need to say anything for? So that I can just go back into my room and ignore them until they're finished. But then, like, obviously yeah. you can't concentrate on anything when they're there. So you're going into the room pretending to work, but you're actually listening yeah. out for signals and signs that they're <laughs> finished or that, that they need assistance in some way. And then yeah. they, they, they inevitably they do. He's like, you wouldn't have a towel, mate, would you? I was like, I do have a towel. Yeah, hold on. You're tripping up over yourself. Oh, shit, go get the fucking shit. towel. Where's the towel? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is unsettling. Anyway. It is deeply unsettling to have a tradesman anywhere near your house or, <laughs> or Lane's house in this case anyway yeah there we go <laughs> well, that's um, funny observation number two from the Vecca check that's the other one yeah and uh, the other thing I wanted to say was um, St. Bridget's Day how are you feeling about that? St. Bridget's Day it's a bank holiday um, I don't really know too much about Bridget uh, uh, apart from the cross something to do with a cross she held it yeah. up to the devil I presume or something um, it's like yeah I don't have any strong feelings I think they were trying to figure out what's the right bank holiday to choose because they wanted to do an extra one is it mm. and, uh, is it just this year do you know or is it every no, year no it's it's forever ever um, forever just for reference yeah. uh, Ireland has been given a new bank holiday and it's the first Monday in February and uh, it's called St. Bridget's Day it's, it's well, obviously great to get an extra bank holiday, but uh, I just think it's interesting that they're still naming all this shit after saints and Catholicism and stuff like that. I just think it's funny. Like, um, yeah, are we still there? No, we're not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we are. <laughs> are they still I, making St. Bridget's crosses in school? Are you allowed to do that? Can you force a St. Bridget's cross upon a child in school like they used to back in our day? Uh, or are you even allowed to do that anymore? I think people like the ceremony ceremonies that the Catholic Church brings like the christening the confirmation the communion even a wedding a funeral all of those things are actually they do really well I think <laughs> they're good ceremonies uh, yeah. people get dressed up and <clears throat> but in terms of the actual religion itself it's mm. bananas as you know I just think it's it's Inter- I don't want to go on a big religious rant or anything like that, but I just think it's interesting that they're still naming things after saints in 2023 yeah, in Ireland. Yeah, something new. Something, they had a choice yeah. not to name it after Why don't they saints? call it like the fucking, I don't know, um, mobile app development day or something <laughs> like that? Yeah, the IFSC day. <laughs> I just think it's, uh, it's funny. Um, but yeah, nice to get a new bank holiday, and it's a great time of year actually to get it as well after the whole January shite. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Very good. I have one more funny observation. Sorry about this. Um, do you ever hear people Hi. saying the, the phrase "whistle stop tour"? Yes, I've heard it. Does it? Like, does it, it whistle you? stop tour? <laughs> yeah. 
I've never it's, really analysed it. But I presume I, you, you've done an analysis on this. People say it in work all the time. And I think it's it's kind of like a, it's a conversational or a presentational, if that's a word, crutch, where people feel that they're giving you a summary of something and they're not giving you all the details of, that you obviously never would if you're presenting something to somebody. And they say, it's just a whistle-stop tour. And you're kind of waiting for them to say it. And you're like, do you, why? You, you're saying this because you heard someone else saying it. You don't even know what that's it what is. That's what I was thinking uh, when you said they're saying a lot of work. That's what I was like. It's not one of those phrases that comes up that often. That's why I don't yeah. really think about it. So for you to say that they're saying it all the time at work. And in business speak, it sounds like that, that, that would bother me a lot. So it's like yeah. um, back in the days when you travelled by train, politicians used to go around uh, on a steam train and visit towns campaigning and it would be called a whistle-stop tour because every time the train stopped, it would make a fucking whistling sound. Uh, what the hell does that have to do with anything in 2023? It's as redundant as calling a bank holiday St. Bridget's Day. Um, and it just winds me up. It's like anytime, anytime in work when you hear somebody presenting about something and they're like, it's just a whistle top tour. And you're like, oh, I knew you were going to say that. I was waiting for it. And <laughs> why don't you just, why don't you just not say it and like just have some decorum? Control yourself. There's no decorum to use that in a presentation. That that would, oh, that makes me sick to hear that. I'm, I feel violated. Yeah. This is a whistle stop tour of the main points that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, or no, it's usually after they've, it's after they've given their presentation. Do you know when people feel they need to justify having <laughs> given you a presentation? I mean, it's just, just, just really a whistle-stop tour. It's like, it's not a whistle-stop tour. You're not on a steam train. You're not touring yeah. anywhere. In fact, you've just actually been in the same room I'm a, with the I'm same group genuine, of people. I'm a real genuine person, and I've just given a presentation, and that's just a whistle-stop tour. You know yourself. Uh, exactly. You know yourself. That's, that's, I mean, there's there's loads of those little phrases you could bring up and whatever, but like uh, that one in particular just winds me up quite a lot. Winds him up. Uh, so that is three very good, funny observations. Very funny observations. Ah. There, there was one other one I was going to bring up as well, actually. Oh, you wrote a song. four or four observations. <laughs> you wrote a song about it, actually. Um, the chicken fillet roll thing. But I don't think I'm going to deliver it in a, a very funny way now. Um, but uh, my point was our construction workers... Oh, yes. uh, legally obligated to order chicken fillet rolls uh, so there's a lot of construction going on where I live and they all come into centre, it can be any time of the day, fucking morning, whatever and they're always buying chicken fillet rolls and it's always the fucking same Like, and it's always taco sauce I like, do, you eat, do you eat taco sauce? I, I, I described it as chipotle sauce, I don't know if it's yeah. the same taco one. sauce, taco sauce, taco sauce. And it's like, no. they might be ordering up to four, up to four chicken fillet rolls at any given time. And it's always taco sauce. I'm like, do you eat many tacos, do you? Uh, they don't, though. They don't. <laughs> no, it's an institution, the chicken fillet roll. And I am part of this myself. I often have a chicken fillet roll. I've been having oh, so do I. I'm, for years I'm not, I'm not, years. It's not beneath me to have a chicken fillet roll. I, I, same here, I have them as well. But it's like... There'd be a line of construction workers in Centra and they'd all be ordering a chicken fillet roll and many times they'd be ordering for the entire fucking yeah. like, group of people. So yeah, I wouldn't be in every day for... having a chicken fillet roll and everybody mm. in my whole work organisation having a chicken fillet roll. I'd feel imprisoned by chicken fillet rolls. Uh, but this is good yeah. material for my song that I've written about chicken fillet rolls, which I hope you, you're able to write a verse on. Just so the listener yeah, knows, I... I randomly wrote a verse about chicken fillet rolls and then uh, try to make Trainer also write a verse on Chicken Fillet Rolls. <laughs> I, did, I did try. I found that you had chosen a beat, and I found the beat was kind of a bit slow, but then you, you shared your verse with me, and I was like, okay, no, I could probably do something with that. Um, but I was unable to at the first attempt. Anyway, that's just a whistle-stop tour of the recent funny <laughs> observations. <laughs> and yes, and after today, I'm going for a Chicken Fillet Roll. Yeah. Sort of throwback to the other funny observation. Celebrate some yeah. Fiddles Day. <laughs> so that's uh, funny observations. We've done entertainment. Uh, culture 
Culture is an interesting thing, and uh, we should have this ready. Uh, but this isn't live, though, so we could edit this if we wanted to, but we're not going to, because the culture was, in fact, the chicken fillet roll. But oh, there is it? another thing on culture, which is the taxi. Taxi oh, for yeah. trainer. This is uh, this is just going to be another rant as well, but I suppose this is kind of the, what we do here. Um, do you get many taxis? I do, yeah. Do you know what? Before you go into your story... I want to recommend the taxi to work the odd time. Because when you're late, oh, yeah. you have to be in at a certain time. And it's during rush mm. hour. And you just treat mm. yourself to a taxi. The odd time. Yeah. Not not, yeah. not that often. Every day. And it's great. Yeah. And you're not stressed in the taxi. And you're going through the bus lane. And you get into work on time. And you feel kind of smug. You have a, like a, a silent smugness to yourself. I took a taxi and I got in. I shouldn't have been on time, but I'm on time. And I have no stress. Yeah. Yeah, everything was working so, against me, but now I'm in on time, so fuck you. Uh, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've done that. I've done that in the past, uh, in the recent past. And uh, yeah, it's when when nothing else will do, just get a taxi to work. Just get a taxi. <laughs> be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, with me, I have to get a, a bus and a train or a train and a bus uh, combo into work. And when you're not arsed going through all of that, yeah, the taxi to work is... is an absolute pleasure. Except, of course, you have to make conversation then most of the time with a taxi driver. Um, and I put that in the same bracket or category as giving a plumber a cup of tea, which is something I, I don't well, really like doing. I, I make myself into a really boring person and make the conversation shite. And then it ends after two minutes. <laughs> right. So I don't, add, I don't okay. add anything interesting. I just kind of repeat back what the taxi driver said. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Actually, yeah, it is, it is cold in December. Yeah, yeah it's colder yeah. than last year, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know, but I like it. It's like uh, you like. I think I've heard of this in other countries where you can order a silent taxi or you can specify. Uh, I'd feel like a bit of an asshole doing that, of course. But um, sometimes you're just not in the mood. It's like in in the barbers as well. You know, you're like you're sitting there waiting for your haircut, and you're like trying trying to guess whether or not the person is going to try and talk to you. Um, and I'm sure we've brought this up before. It's usually football if it's a man, which I hate, obviously, yeah. uh, talking yeah. about or having to talk like about. But yeah, way. it's like, uh, like uh, the taxi, the only, the, like, it's the curveball that the taxi can throw you. So it's a pleasant to way to travel. Uh, you, you can get you have to work on time when you're running Something late, about taxis. This you're isn't like, oh, your shit, cultural point about taxis. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, sorry, no, no, this wasn't the main thing. So I was just asking if you get many taxis, and then you were saying taxi to work. But anyway, uh, <laughs> since since the first of September, twenty twenty two, taxis in Ireland have to accept card as a method of payment. And obviously, I'm a pedantic fuck, so I have been getting into uh, altercations with taxi drivers. <laughs> When they won't accept card. Uh, I've tried a number of different approaches. Uh, so, for example, getting in the car and them saying it's only cash and me saying, well, I don't have any cash and them saying the card machine is broken and me saying, well, you're legally obligated to take card and them driving off and saying fuck off or whatever. Um, but uh, that doesn't seem to work. So then I took an approach of getting in the car and saying nothing and then waiting until the end and springing it on them that... Uh, I don't have cash um, and then like they'd be like oh the card machine is broken or I don't know if I have it charged or whatever um, and we got in one me and Elaine got in one a while back and we, we tried this approach just springing on them at the end because they legally have to and by the way if, if if the card machine is broken which it obviously isn't and that's a lie uh, they have to take the car off the road until such time that the card machine is back in working order so they can never use the excuse that the card machine is broken because it's not a valid excuse. Uh, they're not allowed to drive and take fares if their card machine is broken. <laughs> and I obviously looked all of this up. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we got the taxi to Lane's house there from town a while ago, a few weeks ago, and uh, your man at the end was like, oh, I don't know. I sure I don't know if my card machine's working. I, <laughs> you got I was him. like, well, it's your obligation for it to be working. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, but short Jesus, you could have told me at the start. I was like, I'm not obligated to tell you at the start how I'm paying. And he's like, oh, for Jesus' sake. I was like, this is in the law now since September. Uh, it's You're legally obligated to take card. And he's like, and who? And, and he goes, and who's enforcing that? Who's enforcing that? And I just went, I don't know. Whoever enforces the law. And he was like, I'll drive you off to get... 
to an ATM. I was like, I'm not obligated to stay in the car any longer with you. Uh, to go to an ATM. I don't want to go to an ATM. You're supposed to take card. And he was there fumbling with the card machine the whole time. And uh, he's like, how are you going to pay me then? And I was like, well, I don't know. That's up to you. It's not up to me. I have a valid payment method that's legal. And I'm entitled to legally pay with this. So it's up to you to decide how you want me to pay you. Not me. Um, and I was like, maybe you can come back tomorrow if you want. And he's like, you want me to drive back tomorrow? And I was like, so, I mean, I'm just giving you options here. I'm not I'm not going to any, to any ATM with you. I don't want to take out cash. And then lo and behold, after all this, the card machine did work and I paid him a card. But he was an absolute fucking cunt, to be quite honest. And it, it's 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 this thing where like they're just like, no, I'm not going to obey the law. Um, I'll do whatever the hell I want because I'm a taxi driver and I can do whatever the fuck I want and I have all the power. And it... I've I've got into this argument a few times and it's exhausting, obviously. But like my my point, my thinking is, I get I get quite a lot of taxis quite often, so that's why I was asking you to start to get many taxis. It's exhausting and like sometimes you don't want to go through all this, obviously. Like, but I hate having cash on me. I hate taking out cash. I don't use cash for anything else whatsoever at all. Uh, so the only time I ever actually have to go to an ATM is to get out money for a taxi. And when the law <laughs> changed, where they brought in the fact that you don't have to have cash, I was fucking delighted because I need to never go to an ATM again. Actually, uh, and I can just pay with my phone or my card or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's exhausting. So I got into an argument with another guy um, up at uh, Parnell Street there a while ago. He wouldn't. <laughs> he wouldn't take. Uh, yeah. He wouldn't take card and. Uh, you wouldn't take card, but like, but I my my taking on it is you just have to do this. You have to put yourself through this a few times, and then if more people do that, they'll all fucking cop on because they'll realise that people aren't going to accept their bullshit, uh, and they'll have to just start taking card like they're legally supposed to do since the first of September, twenty twenty two. And uh, I got into an argument. Another guy he drove off, whatever, and the taxi behind him was like, "Why well, here? What happened with your man?" And I was like, "Oh, he wouldn't take card." He was like, "That's a lot of bollocks, mate. You should report him." Where are you going? I was like, "Ashtown." He's like, "Grand." Um, and I got in. And I paid him a card, and he's like, "You should report him, though." He's like, "That's the only way they'll learn." I was like, "Fucking, you know what? You're you're right." So I got into a taxi with a lane there a couple of weeks ago. We got in. Your man was like, cash only, cash only. Uh, and I didn't say anything <laughs> this time because Elaine had cash on it, right? So we, we, we paid him in cash. And uh, I took down his plate number, his taxi driver number, and his name. And uh, I said, fuck it, I'm just going to report you to myself. I didn't tell him I was reporting him. And uh, I did. I did report him. I reported him officially <laughs> through the official channels. And then I got this fucking email back, like massive lengthy email and it was telling me like what the next steps were and that I may have to appear in court to discuss this fucking crime and I was like Jesus Christ I was like I thought it would just be a straightforward transaction report him he gets a slap on the wrist if he gets five of them who knows what happens to him but no it's just like they, they make you jump through hoops now so I have to go reply back to this email to talk about my consent about possibly appearing in court and reply to loads of questions they asked. No. Mm. And I was like, you've changed the law. Madness, the taxi drivers yeah. have been cunts by not obeying the law. I can see why that if I want to would be a problem report, I have to do all the work like again. I have to do the work in the taxi. taxi. I have to argue with the taxi driver. And if I want to report them, I have to do a lot of work and possibly appear well, in court. So how the fuck does this benefit the customer? It doesn't. It's a lot of bollocks. It's not a big deal. But I cannot... It's illegal. <laughs> but it is a big deal when they're when they have to when they have to accept card and then they're just not because they're just being dicks they're like no 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 because and the re let's get down to fucking brass tax here the real reason that they don't want to take your card is because they don't have to declare all the cash that they bank that they make and they don't have to pay tax on all of their income like every other cunt does and that's the real reason why they don't want to take card because it's traceable and it's an electronic transaction that can be tracked and taxed unlike cash. Uh, and that's the real reason. And they've been getting away with it for fucking decades. Um, I'm not saying all of them are doing this, whatever, but like I can't see any other reason why they wouldn't want to take card when it's so easy. It's actually easier than taking cash because you don't have to get somebody change. And you know this whole fucking pantomime as well with the change when you like when you give it like when the taxi is like 1750 yeah. or yeah, 1970 or something like where there's a yeah. small amount of change out of the 20 and like you give them the 20 you may or may not be going to give them a tip that's up to you and they're fumbling for ages giving you back the change so that you'll just say ah hold on to it ah keep it there it's grand. And like they never have the change ready 
don't have the correct change. You're like, your whole job here is having fucking change, mate. Like, you know, just have the change. Have a little thing which compartmentalizes different coins. You can see them, the little plastic thing. The 20 cents fit in here, the 10s in there, yes. one euro's in there, etc. Well, have one of those. Uh, very just good. Have a fucking float uh, before you get it. And it is illegal. And don't bear that in mind. Pantomime you about the change. Right, and so expect the tip for a fucking payment on, method on that I don't even have to give you but anymore. Even if I was a tax slag. driver and I was doing that, I would probably want to declare some payments, even if I wanted yeah, to get well, away with. I, so I'd offer oh, a I cash mean, option to people so if they wanted to pay. This used to be on Adrian Kennedy years ago, like twenty years ago. But um, it would always they'd always say something like they only have to legally. This is now in pounds probably, but they only have to legally declare eighteen grand, and uh, you'd have taxi. Now this is, again twenty years ago, so it's, it's obviously changed. But um, so taxi drivers would come on. It's like Adrian, I just declared eighteen thousand. Yeah, so no. Uh, that's all I have to. That's all I have to declare, and then I can keep the rest. And he's like, "And do you think it's? it's do you think it's uh, uh, conscionable to 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 keep the rest? You know?" And they'd be just like going on and whatever. <laughs> but like, so there's a certain threshold that they have to declare, and then there's mm. a cutoff point, and whatever they decide to do with the rest of their income, should it be cash, it's up to them to decide how to go about that. I'm sure some taxi drivers are perfectly honest. But I wonder, is, do they have a minimum amount of payment that like shows that you're a taxi driver, that they expect you to um, have processed as a taxi driver? Like, well, so that's over it, that the 18,000, let's say if you took yeah. in another 50 grand, you're still supposed to declare that, I would imagine. Oh, no, you are, you know yes. I mean? It's just that they, yeah. they have to declare at least 18 grand, basically. Yeah. Or, sorry, again, yeah. this is knowledge from 20 years ago, so forget Adrian <laughs> Kennedy uh, show about it. twenty years ago, but <laughs> but that guy is pounds. stupid. If he if he, this guy the taxi drivers are trying to get away with this, not declaring their tax, have they not seen any movies? Like do some legitimate business, like take some card payments and cash for whoever. Like give people the option of cash if you want, but take yeah, some card and payments. it's like you you think I I would imagine most people aren't annoying pedants like i am so i'd say most people when presented with this will pay the cash so don't make a big deal about it i think when someone says no i want to pay by card because those people are probably in the minority but i actually think those people should be in the majority so that they start doing what they're supposed to do which is taking card payments every other business takes card yeah yeah i think that'll empower people i've I've had experiences in taxis when uh in the last year or so where I've had to drive to an ATM because I hadn't had cash. It's a load of bollocks. So I, I might, uh, I might, I'll consider it. If I if had a few drinks on me, then, <laughs> then I might get very bold. Well, I've done it sober, sober, and with a few drinks on me. It's, it's, it just that's it's the type of thing that really irritates me. It's like I, yeah. I was waiting for this law to come in, almost unknown to myself and when it did I was like thank fucking god delighted <laughs> delighted about this now I never have to go to an ATM again in my life and of course and you you knew you could see a company you knew it was going to happen you knew that they were going to be like no we can't so I went and googled what is supposed to happen they have to take the taxi off the road haven't had haven't had the opportunity to say that to a taxi driver yet but I can't fucking wait until I do because they're just going to be cunts about it but it'll give me a little kick to be like well you're actually supposed to take the taxi off the road until such time that your card machine is fixed so you're not allowed to use that as an excuse yeah. buddy so the inconvenience is the customer a lot I was thinking of the, the Glimmer Man pub I was in before Christmas and they only oh, yeah. accept cash they have an ATM in the pub, but they only accept cash. I know, yeah. So automatically, know club, your brain goes to, yeah, money laundering going on here, or whatever. Yeah. Dodgy. Uh, th- yeah. I, I mean, like, that's fine, though, because there's no law on that a business is legally obligated to take card. Uh, but taxi drivers are, so um, that's just a Yeah, sub- I guess taxi driver, you, you have area. to... It's not easy to get out cash, whereas in a pub, you have an ATM there. Well, they had an ATM there, so it's a bit easier. But you could get to one stage in the future where everything or cash gets banned, maybe, because it inconveniences customers. So if customers, if 99% of your transactions are, or 100% of your transactions are card, why mm. should you as the customer have to use cash? Um, but then there's all yeah. kinds of privacy issues. People don't want all of their electronic payments tracked. Some people, oh, I know. It's a, it's a huge so, wider point, of course. Yeah. I'm not advocating banning cash. But someone else, 
advocated banning cash or sorry no someone else decided that taxi drivers have to accept cash and card i didn't decide it but there's obviously a prevailing fucking uh thought like i, I don't know what the fuck i'm trying to say Zeitgeist there's obviously a, like yeah but there's obviously enough uh of a movement with people towards that that somebody decided to bring it into law um yeah. So yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, no, um, it, de- it definitely has, especially cash. with be- being in a taxi. You're under time pressure sometimes. Let's imagine if you were going to work, and you only had car, you just wanted to pay by card, and the taxi driver says, "No, I only accept cash." That could really affect your your work or whatever as well. So it, yeah. it really has potential to really, absolutely, <laughs> really absolutely. Yeah, sorry. Uh, right. I realise so I, I'm coming across like a complete arsehole here on this but no, it, no, it's, no, it's no. my it's, actual genuine opinion so if that makes me it's a space to rant no it doesn't make it I am uh, one <laughs> I am one no I think it's good as I said you have ta- you take taxis all the time and you, it irritates you so and you stood up for your uh, rights and your needs and there's no there's, you've done nothing wrong here they're breaking the law and if that True. irritates you that they're breaking the law then that's not a problem I think I think some people would let it go and other people wouldn't. And I don't think either one is right or wrong. What I hate is the arrogance of the taxi driver to think that even though the law has changed, they can still do whatever the fuck they want. That's what really winds me up the most. That is the cultural point of the week. I really enjoy that. Thank you. I I felt like I was on Adrian Kennedy, actually. Yeah. I love the throwback to Adrian Kennedy points from Adrian Kennedy. <laughs> Maybe we should explain that Adrian Kennedy was a phone-in chat show in Ireland, uh, Dublin actually, on FM 104, um, where people just talked about the, the issues of the day, but they were often things that weren't particularly important, like uh, taxis and <laughs> that type of stuff. Yeah. So. Usually fireworks at Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fireworks! Should they be banned? They already are. Why are people still using fireworks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are um, scumbags out in Tala using yeah. these fireworks. It was. Uh, th- I used to love. They used to talk about bouncers quite a lot, actually, as well. That was always a good one. I actually used to fucking love Adrian Kennedy when I was younger, um, because it was like. Firstly, well, people would swear on it and all that, and you were like thirteen, you could listen to that. But it was on late at night. You were like in your room listening to your radio and. Uh, it was like it was just it's very entertaining you know I suppose that's kind of probably why I'm still so into podcasts and things like that is like hearing people talk um, it's always been something I enjoy listening to yeah and I think Kennedy all your friends were listening to it too and you talk about it It was cool to listen to Adrian Kennedy yeah Yeah, you come into school the next day and talk about it yeah Um, Yeah. anyway there you go I I actually saw Adrian Kennedy presenting uh, some kind of fucking show um, in the Fitzpatrick Castle Hotel a couple oh. of years ago. Some kind of strictly come dancing charity bollocks, but that's what he's up to these days anyway. Um, he's, wow. he's a fucking an entertainer for a host for hire um, <laughs> for events like that. So there you go. And interestingly that you were at that event, I presume it was an obligation for a family member or a friend. Yes, or, or next wife. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Moving on <laughs> to this will have to be pretty quick because I have to go shortly. So this right. is the kernel of truth. I had a long right. one, but I was thinking uh, I'll actually go for a shorter one um, okay. and uh, see how you react to it. So this is uh, just a little, um, I don't know if you call it a metaphor or a saying. So, okay, yeah. here it is. If you're going through hell, keep going. Oh, yeah. was Is this attributed to, um, to, uh, to fucking... British Prime Minister guy. Winston Churchill, yeah. Yeah. If you're going through hell, keep going. Which is... Uh, I, 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 it's a nice little phrase, I, I thought. There's a kernel I like in it, there yeah. somewhere. I like it, yeah, um, and it's good. Um, it's it's a nice little turn of phrase. And yeah, it's... I suppose it just speaks to the fact that when things are bad, they will get better at some point. So just Yeah, persevere. and to keep going. Like, so you're acknowledging that you're going through hell, but... 
you also acknowledge that you have the power to keep going. So don't stop. Mm. Like when you're going through hell, don't stop in hell and and let hell mm. take you over. And True, I suppose, is the most important in the ass word with there. The, <laughs> Sorry? With his trident. Um, <laughs> Always with sorry. that trident deals. Yeah, going uh, sorry, through the true, hell, true yeah. is true is the good is the is the word that's important there because you're going through if you're going through something if you're if you're moving through something you'll obviously get to the end at some point as well you get to your destination yes. which obviously is so not the hell that you're going through is transient which is really important for people to know when they're uh, in a depressed depression and then also there's a bit of hope in there as well so mm. keep going and you will mm. get through the hell that you're in so there's actually yeah. a lot in a very short phrase. So that's why very, I chose. Very good. Yeah, that I like that one. That's yeah, good. The kernel of truth. Kernel of truth. Um, that was good. I enjoyed doing that. It'd be interesting to see what kind of response we get because we haven't put one out in a long time. Uh, yeah. And do you know, I've I've noticed recently my uh, Twitter engagement. I know that everyone's talking about it. My Twitter engagement engagement has diminished to virtually nothing. Uh, if I post an episode of fucking metal up, for example, I might get one or two likes, no comments whatsoever. Mm. Um, Interesting. And I know people have talked about the algorithm and all that since Elon Musk took over. Uh, so I ended up posting a lot of stuff on Facebook recently and making the post public because I don't really have a, I don't have a Facebook page for the Fucking Metal podcast. But uh, what what's happened then is I get all these odd friend requests from people um, on Facebook, <laughs> mainly middle aged <laughs> men, um, middle aged white white men. Uh, <laughs> and I just kind of just. Just started saying yes to them, and if they turn into a weirdo, I'll block them. But uh, yeah, that's like um, it's interesting though, because Twitter has just kind of plummeted for me. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see yeah. what kind of response this. That is interesting, yeah. And at the same time, your followers on Twitter for Feckin' Metal are very, very high. So you would expect high, high number of followers, and you were getting a lot of engagement. I think mm. even before Christmas, before Musk came in. Yeah, but the, the the episodes are doing well. The downloads are doing well. It's just that the engagement on Twitter is disappeared entirely uh, and I know people were suggesting oh put your thing on private and you'll get a higher level of engagement um, I didn't try that yet but uh, yeah anyway yeah I always think TikTok is the way to go for you during advertising Ugh, but I you don't, don't want know. to do that uh. I don't it doesn't doesn't sit well with me I'm 37 years old I'm a 37 year old man I have no business on TikTok <laughs> no business okay fair enough fair enough well, that was very entertaining. That was the funny observations, the entertainment, the culture, and the kernels of truth. Yeah. That's the feckin' checking show. That is. And that's going to do it until whenever the hell we do another one. That's going to do it. I'm going to get back maybe to writing more on the chicken fillet roll verse, unless you want to write a bit more or something about it. I, I'm, if you don't, I'll give if it you a go again. On, if, if you want to pass on this one, I understand. It's a bit weird. And, and quirky. <laughs> I do have things to say about chicken fillet rolls, of course, <laughs> of course. I have a lot to say, but uh, I, I found it hard to write song lyrics about it. That's all. Yeah, um, that's fair enough. And I did, I did choose the beat, and uh, it just kind of sprung on me. So I was kind of like, right, I'm going to write this, and then wrote the verse really easily. So it was kind of like, mm -hmm. right, but that process wasn't entirely collaborative. It was more yes, foisting a song on you. <laughs> so I understand if you don't want to do it if you don't want to do it then I will do another verse myself I think but it would be great I'd prefer if you did it but it would be good to do because we could um, something like that if we do a gig in the future would go down extremely well live uh, yes. relatable content as they say so yeah, yeah I would like to I will try again <laughs> great fantastic I want some of the limelight when we're, when we're up doing that I don't want to, you to get it all so <laughs> I'll have a chicken fillet roll up there on stage. Imagine the props you could do with that song. Oh, Jesus. It's unlimited potential. Unlimited yeah. upside. Right. First song okay. written so in over five years. Is it really? It'd be longer even. Really? Yeah. Right. Was the last one Notre Dame? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the wrong, social back of Notre Dame. I don't know. I don't know. You might be right. Social House back up Notre Dame. Um, just for the listener, I'm going to confirm that now when the last uh, lineup song is written. Just one second. Onto my Dropbox. <laughs> my Dropbox. Social Hunchback of Notre Dame. 
Do you Sorry, listener, I know, I know you want to go, listener and trainer. <laughs> but <laughs> this is important for us to figure out. Eras, Ashtown Era. I have a oh, feeling it was November 2018. November 2018, Notre Dame. November 2017. 17? 17. Blazes Kate. Yes, is Kate. so I was correct. Right. I was right. So yeah, so we might write uh, this song and record it. And mm. that will be our comeback single. We could actually even... Well, we'll talk about that another time. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, that was very enjoyable, trainer, as usual. Bye. And we will Thank do you. it again in an unspecified period of time. And I look forward yes. to talking to you about the chicken for that roll song. Right. Very good. All right. Go and enjoy your weekend and your St. Bridget's Day celebrations. Uh, you make too. Crosses. Um, you go and uh, take down some taxi drivers. Uh, oh, I will. A few more. <laughs> I will. And I have two words for the listener. Feck off. Told you once before that my lyrics is crowd arousing. Much love, yo, from the feckin' checkin'. Hey, yo, I'm old school like Tekken. The podcast about funny observations, entertainment and culture, and lots of racing through your mind with the kernels of truth. I'm in the booth. Yo, I told you I'm the real deal, never been a spoof. This is Mac. All these other MCs is so aloof. If I spit my lyrics off the top, they 200 proof. Come on, it's never watered down. Freestyles are in skills. Vlad's dropping MCs, the blood spills, drills, hitting the vertebrae, uh, and I'll be increasing the murder rate, yo, let's keep it positive, let's deflate this negative hate, positive vibes, yo, that's what we create, shouts out to Vladimir, who be typing bars, find another rap.